This is Fantastic Noise. As part of a set of audio industry in the pandemic-themed episodes, I'm speaking with award-winning audio producer Hannah Walker-Brown from podcast production company Broccoli Content. I'm Terry Lee, Senior Tutor in Radio and Audio at the University of Bedfordshire. Thanks for your time and your ears. I regularly talk to my seven-year-old daughter about how unusual 2020 has been. You will have stories to tell your children and their children about how COVID-19 changed everything, I say to her. It's one of the reasons I recorded a series of podcasts with her in my wife's garden-based office over the pandemic period too. A way to remember how she was feeling during this time for when it becomes history. So I thought it would be worthwhile to record some episodes of this podcast looking at how different sections of the audio industry have managed whilst tackling social distancing, self-isolating and economic unpredictability. In this episode, we're looking at podcasting. So my name is Hannah Walker-Brown. She's an executive podcast producer for Broccoli Content. Which is a joint venture with Sony Music Entertainment. I'm also freelance sound designer, documentary maker and author. The podcasts that Hannah produces for Broccoli include their acclaimed Anthem series, a collection of monologues described as original manifestos, speeches, stories, poems and rallying cries. Hannah is also a freelance sound designer, documentary maker and author. As you will hear, her employer, Broccoli Content, made a lot of waves during the initial lockdown period by creating an Equality in Audio Pact, a pledge that has since been signed by hundreds of audio organisations. More on that later. But let's hear from Hannah. I started by asking her about what has changed in the podcasting sector since things shut down somewhat in March 2020. The most obvious change was everyone being at home, not being in a studio, not either being with your guest or, you know, in a mix with somebody. So I guess that kind of human interaction element has gone. But what I will say out of everything, I think podcasting, radio, audio was best placed to adapt. And I think we at Brooklyn, we did it very quickly and through a combination of obviously Zoom, which we all kind of love and hate in equal measure, smartphones, and also sort of couriering kit to people. So I guess because the transition was so quick, it didn't feel like we had much sort of lead up time. We felt it was coming. I remember on the last day we were in the office, we just sort of all thought, yeah, we should probably take our stuff. And then, yeah, the next day it was, you know, Sony's closing on Monday. So, you know, we had a little bit of kind of foresight, but I think the way we've made stuff has changed, but I don't think, you know, the quality of what we've made has changed. But I also think kind of amongst the pandemic, there's also kind of a civil rights movement and we're a black owned company. So that's obviously had an impact. Although we were, you know, we've always, that's sort of the MO at Broccoli was to kind of amplify minority talent, um, black voices, women's voices. So there's kind of been a perfect storm in the outside world, but I do feel like it's sort of elevated content in a really positive way. 
what about in terms of listeners i'm not asking for specifics or anything like that but but has there been any noticeable trend in in listening to podcasts it be it increasing decreasing different periods where during the lockdown where things have gone up or down or has it been consistent even um it's been pretty consistent to be honest i i mean it would be interesting to see sort of you know hopefully we'll all be out and about next summer but to kind of compare if people are not at home or you know there isn't because I guess there's two sorts of ways to look at it in that no one had a commute for a while which is where a lot of people listen but then people were at home a lot and especially if you were kind of isolated on your own you know radio podcasts can be a real great companion and you know it's an escape isn't it It's it's an easy escape for a few minutes so I don't know. I think there'd have to be kind of a longitudinal study into that to see the the listening relationship to being in isolation, you know, being on the commute and I guess kind of grouping together a lot of different people's podcasts and data. Um, I mean, we've seen a rise in listens to our series over the last few months, but I don't know if that's because we've been building it and, you know, so there's so many things at play. I think people are listening. I think, you know, there was a point, I, I know, for me especially I was listening to a lot more music radio while I was at home I think people were kind of on the hunt for things that were more joyful than kind of true crime and despair I think that would be interesting to look into but I think for us it's been it's increased our listening figures the series have gone on but how much that has to do with lockdown I'm not really sure You've already mentioned Zoom and you've mentioned couriering uh, kit. Courier, send a courier for <laughs> sending kit to people. Um, yeah. and, and, and this is, I guess, talking about how you've used technology uh, yeah. during, the, during the lockdown period and the pandemic period. So mm. how, how has that changed to what you would, I guess, normally be doing? And, and what exactly are you sending to people? Sure. Well, I mean we've only been sending kits sort of in the last month or so when social distancing rules were changed and the kit has been kind of anti-backed and (laughs) cleaned numerous times but before then we were using phones and I think you know the way we've been using phones for contributors recording themselves is leaving it as a voice note but holding the phone to their ear so as if they're on the phone which means you don't get kind of pops and bumps of breath on a microphone it's quite easy for them to navigate. There isn't kind of a zoom and a mic and a dial. And, you know, there's not loads of things to watch. Like it is annoying to have to record yourself, you know, when you're usually just used to kind of coming to a studio and it's all done for you. But, you know, either having someone on zoom or if anthems, for example, all the pieces are written. So just kind of relying on them to do it themselves and send it in. And it does work really well, you know, with a tiny bit of processing and some editing software, maybe a bit of noise reduction, a bit of EQing the quality is really good and I think a lot of people have been excused bad audio because of the situation we're in but I think phone quality works really well and something like anthems it's really important because the pieces are so intimate and they're only short so you Mm. know we want the best quality we can get and the courier stuff is great you know they're cycling um, they're not in a car they're not in ubers they're bagged they leave it on the doorstep so that's kind of worked well for people that you know, for the, for the ongoing series we have with presenters and guests, that's worked really well. Great. Um, and obviously, you know, the presenters get used to using it. So it isn't just kind of a one-off. So there are ways to work, I think. 
and and speaking about anthems in particular having listened to to a few of those and you mm. say that they're short and they're they're intimate and and i guess the audio quality uh, is rich and, and full quite generally and are you saying that a lot of those have been recorded via phones or, or yeah or every single one Wow. I mean, that, that's, I think that goes to show what you can do with a, a smartphone these days. Totally. And I think, you know, again, with the right sort of processing, and I may call the music and sound design, which can really elevate and, you know, occasionally hide <laughs> um, any blips. But yeah, every single episode of Anthems, um, Anthems Pride, Anthems Home, and now Anthems Black was recorded remotely on smartphones. How fantastic. Do you, think, mm. do you think some of these changes that you've made will become permanent changes? Yeah, I think so. I think it's slightly more tricky. Um, I'm making a kind of long-form documentary at the moment as well. And that's obviously a lot harder because you can't be in a room with someone, you know, again, a lot of interviewing is about kind of holding space and making someone feel very comfortable and safe and that's usually through kind of body language and physical cues and I think that's a lot harder to do over a zoom or over the phone and you know to ensure that someone feels okay in that environment um, and I did make a documentary for BBC Radio 4 for shortcuts um, survivors of domestic abuse and intimate partner violence and again, you know, you're asking someone to relive some pretty intense things. Um, and it's in person, you feel like you can offer more support, I think. So that personally, I, you know, I'd prefer to be in the room with them. But that's just how it has to be, you know, not for me, but for them. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. I'm 31. So I'm probably in a much better position than some of the people that I'm making this documentary with, who are much older, um, and are at risk. So more for to protect others than yourself but yeah I think that would be slightly more tricky to navigate but you know I guess we just have to work a bit harder and try and create that space virtually now. Talking about if I can a bit about broccoli because you know you've mentioned broccoli broccoli being Mm. this London-based podcast production company founded Mm. in direct response to the lack of opportunities for minority talent both in front and, and behind the mic. And yeah. as, you, as you say, it's part of the, the Sony team as well. So mm. before lockdown, how much were you working with broccoli uh, and, and how did COVID-19 change that? Well, I joined broccoli in December last year, so 2019. So uh, Rene Richardson was the founder and CEO of Broccoli and the Sony partnership came about in the September We'd been working together for three months as a team. There's five of us in the team. So we've actually had more time in lockdown than we have in real life. But I think what's been incredible is at the very beginning, Rene implemented, you know, every morning we have a check-in. So every single day we check in with the team. Like we have an editorial meeting one day, which obviously is business, but the rest of the time it's kind of a catch-up. And, you know, the team is fantastic, not just as, you know, we're, we're essentially a startup. So, you know, everyone has to kind of do four or five roles at one time, but just the kind of camaraderie between the team. And mm. it's a very positive environment. We, we have a laugh in the morning. And I think it's sort of been a real lifeline throughout lockdown, knowing that every morning you have somebody there. So, yeah, we, we have been separate for longer than we were together. 
And I think that isn't going to change anytime soon. You know, we're not going back to an office. We're remaining working from home, but we've made it work. And I think how we've made that work is, you know, communication with each other. We're all kind of very supportive of each other. There's mutual respect for each other. And we just sort of got on with it. And I think, you know, that credit to, you know, the success we've had with all the shows we've released and the Equality and Audio Pact that we implemented sort of in June that was signed by, you know, over 300 platforms and production companies around the world, you know, including the BBC, including Spotify, including Radiotopia. So, you know, we're, we're doing the work and making the work and lockdown hasn't really affected that. I think if anything, it spurred us on to do more. Yeah, so so you've had a you know big impact on podcasting as properly yeah. um, during this lockdown period, and mm. uh, yeah, with that pact especially. So, yeah. um, but in in the team, um, without going into to, I guess too many personal details, are there people like juggling tricky home lives? Did anyone have kids that weren't at school, for example, or or other um, things going on? I don't think so. I think well, uh, Tony has kids. Um, but I think we've all, you know, if there is anything going on, we're all very aware that even like anxiety, you know, like anxiety can peak. And again, it's just about being kind of upfront and honest about it. And I think, you know, there's a great trust within our team and a great respect amongst everybody. So anything that has come up, we've all been very supportive of each other and, and I think that shows because we're still able to make great work. I think if someone, you know, one of us felt like we, you know, we were struggling and we couldn't say anything or that would obviously be detrimental to what we were doing. And I think also we felt a responsibility as people who did have jobs, who could be making content, who had adapted to make that, to to keep making that. So people, you know, had stuff to listen to so that we could bring on more contributors and I don't think we would be able to do that if we hadn't felt supported as a team. Yeah. Considering Broccoli and, and the link with minority talent has, and you, you mentioned already the, the whole civil rights movement, which has been taking place almost simultaneously with, with the pandemic. Has there been an increase in, in projects that you guys have been taking on as a result of that? or um, uh, Not really. Changed? I mean, it's kind of, it's been our MO from the beginning. It didn't happen then, you know, that's always been what we've done. If you look back to the first shows we made, Anthem's Women, there was representation across, uh, in fact, the whole Anthem series, every possible person has been represented. And that way back in January, we decided which Anthem series we're going to do. So that was for women, that was for Pride, and then we're going to do Black History Month now, which obviously comes at a really kind of turbulent time. But that was always what we were going to do. And I think, you know, I don't want to speak for Renee, but that's that's why Broccoli was set up. You know, she's a black woman, we are a black owned business. I think a lot of companies, it's very easy to sort of jump on the bandwagon, which I think you see a lot of brands doing now, a lot of podcasts doing, a lot of people reassessing who they've got in the building, who they've got on camera, who they've got in front of the mic, which is great, you know, let assess that and change it. But that's always what we've been doing. And that was kind of the point of Broccoli. So no, it, all our projects coming out next year have that at their core. And I think it's really important that it's not just kind of black people that are represented, it's women, it's genders, like every kind of spectrum you can think of, we think of, because I don't think many other people do. 
and again you know especially in the media like if you don't see yourself represented it's like you don't matter and I think we've seen that a lot I mean I'm talking as a white woman so you know I'm definitely in a position of privilege but coming from working class background and being a woman is tricky but it's by no means what someone like Renee has had to go through being a black woman so I think we have to kind of check those privileges and also just the privilege of holding a microphone and being able to decide where it goes you know we get to choose whose voices we amplify in that sense so you know there's a huge responsibility there and you just have to make sure you're doing the right thing and that's not to say you won't get it wrong because you know no one's perfect but I don't know. We're just constantly kind of questioning and and learning. Podcasting and with with talented producers, you and the team, uh, it means that you're able to to make something which is brilliant to listen to uh, and giving uh, some minority voices an opportunity to be heard. So that's, I guess, the real brilliance behind the, the whole Broccoli yeah, project. Yeah, and, and, it, and it just should be the way everything is. Like, it shouldn't be you know we don't think oh this is our minority show or this is our diversity show it just informs every decision we make so I think that's where kind of everyone needs to be is it shouldn't be about having their diversity coordinator in a building it's like no every decision should include that it shouldn't be kind of separated like everything should be integrated and unfortunately you know especially in the big companies bbc audible spotify you know there's so much work to do if i was to ask you for a i guess a a staff evaluation then it sounds like you're generally positive about how especially broccoli has responded to the the lockdown and the things that were put in place with that in mind is there anything that you can think of that might you might do differently or things you've learned along the way um, in terms of how how to adapt to to the situation it sounds like you're not really back in the office so you are still essentially doing things as you had to do in March but but what what have what lessons have been learned I don't think there's anything I would do differently to be completely honest I think what I have learned is how important it is to check in how important it is to keep those lines of communication open how important it is to speak on video or call like email Uh, again in lockdown everybody emails just went through the roof I think so everyone realized oh everyone's at home so what can they possibly be doing it was like no boundaries like you know I'm not talking about my team I'm talking about you know outside various other things that were kind of coming through and it's like actually just setting boundaries not checking email all day every day setting time aside like right this is when I check my email and actually you know if someone is saying well but can I have this can I have this can you know you can say no or like I'm just (laughs) I need some time because you know while I appreciate everyone was at home it doesn't you know you're still working I think also you end up working longer because you don't have a commute you know as soon as you wake up well I especially will open my laptop I'll start and then you know obviously in lockdown we didn't have that much to do in the evening so you're like oh I might as well just do this so again like setting boundaries communicating and and I guess being honest about how everyone was feeling you know there were days when everyone was like I feel really scared about this or I feel really anxious and you know no one needs to be a martyr and like just power through I think you have to be honest in in where you're at because no one can help you if you're not honest and I think you know again like I said we have that trust and and support network within our team so I don't think anyone yeah I mean I think there were weeks where we all felt the same you know everyone felt the same It, it was an anxious time I think it's still an anxious time 
no one can really plan we're we're trying to live in the present but you know there's still this kind of looming pandemic over us so yeah I think it's just sort of taking every day at a time but yeah definitely the the importance of setting boundaries and and communication I think are the two big things I'll take from this. Lots of people that listen to to these podcasts are looking to to get into audio production roles of various Mm. kinds. Is podcasting would you say currently the place to be for an audio producer or is that being too narrow um i say i'd say don't limit yourself i think podcasting radio audio edit and you know there's so many kind of realms within those sectors you know there's editing producing sound design music but there's also you know assistant producing editorial story consulting like there's so many different roles within podcasting it kind of annoys me when people say like oh i want to be a podcaster because what does that mean like break it down and actually like a podcaster is you know usually the host but who's beyond the host as a producer probably a researcher probably an engineer probably an assistant you know what i mean there's like Mm. there's so many different roles and i think what's really important is to learn and kind of grapple as many skill sets as you can within that industry so whether that's kind of script writing or editing you know basic engineering or mixing skills because that's kind of what sets you apart even marketing for podcasts even you know advertising all those things I think just really strengthen your position and again you know if you have all of those and you know the business of podcasting because again we're talking about this with broccoli you know people think there's no money in podcasting but there's loads of money in podcasting you know there's so much if you know where to go or who to ask for funding from, you know, there was, this thing came out the other day, you know, Laura Whitmore was paid 50 grand. Now, yes, it was an army recruitment advert, but 50 grand, like, <laughs> sure. you know, there's money there. If you, if you go for it, I think that you can strengthen your kind of future opportunities. If you bring in as many of those skills as possible, if you put as many of those kind of eggs in your basket, it's not about just being, yes, great go and be a host but know how to edit you know know what's going into that and i think that's what people need to kind of consider thank you so much for your time hannah i've just got one last question and we ask this to everyone and that is if there is one thing that you're enjoying listening to at the moment that you might recommend so so maybe a podcast or a radio program or or or, or whatever i mean i say one thing and if it's too hard to pick one thing you can pick multiple but um, what would you recommend to others um i'd definitely recommend anthems (laughs) anthems <laughs> yes. um obviously and shortcuts um for bbc radio for produced by ellie mcdowell and falling tree i would say i'm really enjoying listening to bbc six music especially marianne hobbs i think again it's you know when you're making podcasts all day sometimes you don't want to listen to podcasts so I have been finding real solace in music and the kind of companion of just having the radio on. Yeah, I think they're they're good places to start. That's Hannah Walker-Brown from Broccoli Content. I strongly suggest you follow her on Twitter at hwalker underscore brown. That's hwalker underscore brown, where she occasionally highlights talks that she is going to give or events that she's involved in. Ultimately, Hannah told a story of podcasting being well-equipped 
for the lockdown and COVID-19, although it was striking how much she emphasised the importance of talking with her colleagues daily and being aware of the mental health of those that she worked with. As someone who lives rurally and struggled to get 10 minutes of peace during the height of lockdown, I can be prone to forget that so many were suddenly being forced to turn from socialite to in every night, uh, and it could be a lonely existence for some. So perhaps the mental health of producers has been the biggest issue for podcasters on the whole to tackle this year. I loved hearing Hannah's advice about recording with smartphones. There are fewer and fewer excuses now not to record half-decent audio, even without studios. So if you've got a smartphone uh, and you know how to use it, you can record good audio too. Broccoli Content's Equality in Audio Pact came up in conversation, and it would be worth looking at if you haven't already. BroccoliContent.com is the website to visit. As you could hear from Hannah, Broccoli and Hannah herself are passionate about bringing about change to move the audio industry, if not society as a whole, closer to equality. Finally, Hannah gives great advice to those who want to progress in the audio industry, the importance of grappling with as many skill sets as you can to make yourself as indispensable as possible. Don't just get good at one thing. Be that well-rounded person. Be dependable. Be nice to work with. Hannah's website is hannahwalkerbrown.com. That's Hannah spelt H-A-N-A. It is worth a visit to find out more about her work. As ever, I will now very briefly talk about something I've enjoyed listening to recently. Fake Doctors Real Friends is somewhat of a lockdown podcast hit produced by iHeartRadio in the US. The premise is simple. Two stars from the TV series Scrubs, remember that? They rewatch episodes and talk about what went on behind the scenes. Those two stars, Zach Braff and Donald Faison, are, as the podcast title suggests, real friends now. As someone who used to watch Scrubs the best part of 20 years ago, I have found listening to this nostalgic, thought-provoking and largely entertaining. I guess it's the nostalgia element which is interesting and I know that lots of radio stations have been told to play uh, nostalgic music for similar reasons. At this point in history, people aren't so interested in new stuff, they want to remember the good times. Zach and Donald are fun and they get better at presenting podcasts as the series runs. There is as much talk about their lives today as there is about the making of Scrubs, but ultimately the stories and the reminiscence of the whole thing means that this series works. Fake Doctors, Real Friends, is almost as silly as the programme they're re-watching and is available on your favourite podcast app. If you would like to contact us here at Fantastic Noise, be it with audio you recommend, stories, suggestions for future podcasts, feedback or something else, find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at A Fantastic Noise. You can also email us on fantasticnoise at beds.ac.uk. Before we finish, it's time for the Radio Word of the Week. And today, it is Positioning Statement. Every radio station has one. It's a short sentence that sums up the station. It might be, turn up the feel-good. It could be, get into the music. Perhaps it's, real music matters. They are designed to give you a sense of what that radio brand is all about in just a few words. I guess it also helps the branding when your radio imaging can have some other standard words beyond the name of the radio station. Positioning statement. If you didn't know what it was before, hopefully you do now. It's my radio word of the week. 
that is it for this episode of Fantastic Noise. Thanks so much for joining us. There will be another episode next week. Do subscribe, give us a review and a rating, and follow us on social media at A Fantastic Noise for future updates and previews. Thanks again to our guest today, Hannah Walker-Brown from Broccoli Content. Our artwork was produced by Stu Elvin, that's Stu with a double O, and our theme music is by Liam Ayton, remixed by Daniel Potter. This podcast was produced by me for the University of Bedfordshire's radio team, part of the School of Culture and Communications, and recorded partly in my home and partly in the studios of Radio Lab 97.1 FM. I'm Terry Lee, and this, I hope you'll agree, has been a fantastic noise.